Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of Mark. Today is episode 964, and we're looking at Mark chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. Let's read our passage. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept this word to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. Then they asked him, Why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Elijah does come first and restores all things, he replied. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be treated with contempt? But I tell you that Elijah has come, and they did whatever they pleased to him, just as it is written about him. This is the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel is an account of the ministry of Jesus, meant not as a history or a biography, but as an account of ministry to testify to who Jesus is as the Messiah, that by placing our faith in Jesus Christ, we can have forgiveness of sin and a relationship with God. That's the purpose of a Gospel. And Mark began his Gospel with the ministry of Jesus in Galilee, traveling through Galilee, teaching healing, and casting out demons, and encountering religious leaders who were upset with how he did things. He traveled into Gentile areas, non-Jewish areas, up to Tyre, then down to the Decapolis. Then he's gone north to the region of Caesarea Philippi. That's where we saw the confession of Peter, where Peter said, you are the Messiah. He still didn't get it because then Jesus predicted his death and Peter rebuked him and said, no, that's not the way it's going to happen. And Jesus rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. Then we saw the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus took the three disciples, Peter, John, and James, took them up on this mountain and there Jesus was transfigured into his full glory and Moses and Elijah appeared and spoke with him. This revealed to them more about who Jesus is. We see they're still wrestling with what does all this mean. So we pick it up in Mark chapter 9, verse 9. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. He keeps telling people not to tell. Don't tell them what happened. Don't tell what I did. And this is all to keep things under control somewhat because you can only do these amazing miracles so much and people are going to tell. Word is going to get out. But he doesn't want people running around saying Jesus is the Messiah because then there will be Messiah fever. We saw at the feeding of the 5,000 that the people wanted to make him king by force. Well, that's not what he wants. So he keeps things under wrap. Now here he actually gives a time frame for it. Don't tell anyone what you've seen until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. So, until I rise from the dead, till the resurrection, keep it under wraps. Don't tell anyone. Verse 10, they kept this word to themselves, so they did keep it under wraps. But questioning what rising from the dead meant. Now we say, what can it mean other than rising from the dead? You're dead, you rise from the dead. That's what rising from the dead means. How confused are these guys? Well, you've got to understand that it's 
not that they really know what rising from the dead means. It's what does this have to do with anything? Yes, they've witnessed this incredible thing now, the transfiguration of Jesus, seeing Jesus in all his glory, meeting with Moses and Elijah, some of the greatest figures in all of history. And no doubt Jesus is the Messiah, not only the Messiah, but the Son of God. So what's rising from the dead have to do with this? They don't understand this at all. Verse 11, then they asked him, why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Well, this makes sense as far as the question goes, because they just saw Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration. And the view is that Elijah is going to come prior to the Messiah coming. And so is that what they're just seeing now, the, this appearance of Elijah, Jesus as the Messiah? Is, is that how we're to understand this? Interesting point here. Notice they don't say, why does the Bible say Elijah must come first? They say, why do the scribes say? And that shows part of their problem. That at this period of time, the scribal tradition has pretty much superseded the Word of God. It's taken precedence over the Word of God. That's part of what Jesus was criticizing the scribes and Pharisees about was their reliance on the oral tradition, the scribal tradition, the oral law. And in some cases, it was even superseding the Word of God. So they should say, why does the Bible say that? Elijah must come first, because it does. If we look in Malachi, the last three verses of the Old Testament, Malachi 4, verses 4 through 6. Remember the instructions of Moses, my servant, the statutes and ordinances I commanded to him at Horeb for all Israel. Look, I'm going to send you the prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of fathers to their children, the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. So the last words of the Old Testament are this prophecy through Malachi that the Lord is going to send Elijah with the mission of repentance. Now think back to what was John the Baptist doing. He was calling for repentance of sin. He was calling for people to repent. So we have clearly in the Bible and in the scribal tradition, Elijah is going to come back prior to the day of the Lord's judgment. Verse 12, Elijah does come first and restores all things, he replied. Well, what does restore all things mean, first of all? Well, what is the problem? Think back to what's Jesus' mission, reconciliation between people and God. People who are separated from God because of sin. And how does that restoration take place? Through repentance. And that was the ministry of John the Baptist. And that's what we saw in Malachi. What Elijah would be all about is repentance. That's how you restore all things. He said Elijah does come. Then he continues and Jesus asked them, Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer many things to be treated with contempt? You may think, why is he changing the subject like this? We're talking about Elijah here. I see this uh, kind of poking back at the way you mentioned that was, why did the scribe say instead of why does the word of God say? And he 
is bringing it back now to what the Word of God says. The Word of God is our guide. So you guys are so confused about things about the Messiah because you're so full of what the scribes have taught you. Let's get back to what the Word of God says. The Word of God says Elijah is going to come back with this mission of repentance. He says, but the Word of God also says that the Messiah is going to suffer many things and be treated with contempt. So purge your minds of what you've been taught by the scribes. And let's get back to what does the Word of God say about the Messiah? And he's talking here probably about the suffering servant passages of Isaiah. Isaiah 52.13 through 53.12. Psalm 22, which so closely matches the account of the crucifixion. A lot of that is echoed in Isaiah 52.53, where it describes the suffering of the Messiah. The Messiah is the suffering servant. So, yes, the Bible does say Elijah is going to come back. But the Bible also says the Messiah is going to suffer. Because they're still questioning, what does rising from the dead mean? What's that have to do with the Messiah? Well, he's saying here, because the Messiah is going to be put to death by the evil people. Verse 13, but I tell you, Elijah has come. And they did whatever they pleased to him, just as it is written about him. Well, back in Matthew, Matthew 11, 13 to 14, Jesus said, For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who is to come. So that passage in Matthew, Jesus clearly said, John the Baptist is this Elijah figure prophesied by Malachi. So here he's saying, Elijah has come. And they did whatever they pleased to him, just as is written about him. Well, if you look at Elijah and look at John the Baptist, they were both persecuted by evil women who manipulated weak kings. Elijah, 1 Kings 19, Jezebel was out to get Elijah. She sent a warning to Elijah that, I'm going to have you killed. And Elijah fleed. And that's where he goes into the wilderness and, and meets with God and says, and, and they're trying to kill me. John the Baptist was beheaded by Herod Antipas. Why? Because of his evil wife, Herodias, who told her daughter to ask for the head of John the Baptist when the king was pleased with her dancing. So both men were persecuted by evil women manipulating weak kings. So that's where he says they did whatever they pleased to him just as is written about him. So he's talking about what they did to Elijah and what they did to John the Baptist. So one of the things he's hitting here is, what's your source of authority? Is your source of authority what you've been taught? Or is your source of authority the word of God? That's where we've got to be careful that we don't get so caught up in what we think we know about the Word of God, that it actually gets in the way of understanding the Word of God. Or we read the Word of God with such a certain interpretation of what we've always been told is true. That's the way it seems. We've got to be careful. Back off and, and don't let all this stuff that we've been told our whole lives get in the way of seeing what the Word of God actually says.
And for them, in their context, they don't understand the role of the coming of Elijah because they're so caught up in the idea that the Messiah is coming as this great warrior, this great king, this great political figure who's going to be the king of Israel and restore Israel to its glory and fix all the, the problems. They, they can't get beyond that. So this idea that the Messiah's mission is to come and die for the sins of the world and establish a spiritual kingdom, they can't comprehend that. They're so ingrained with how they think the Messiah is supposed to come and what they think the Messiah is supposed to do that they can't comprehend the actual mission of Jesus. That's why keeping it under wraps for now is because they can't handle it right now until they actually see him rise from the dead and understand through the Holy Spirit that it's really a spiritual thing. It's all about reconciliation with God through the forgiveness of sins. It's not about the restoration of Israel to its glory. That's when they'll begin to understand what it really means that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Son of God. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of Mark.